Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like, subscribe. Johnny Venerable joined, as always, on this audio-only pod. Mr. Bo Brock, Tuesday, kind of a lowly Tuesday. We haven't heard from the Cardinals, haven't seen them outside of Cliff Kingsbury's media availability on Monday. So, Bo, we thought a perfect opportunity ahead of the Vikings this week. Seven weeks into the season, let's take a temperature check of some folks that we thought were going to have big roles that maybe aren't, and then vice versa, some guys that are coming out of nowhere for the Cardinals. Yeah, it's strange, Johnny, because I feel like last week things changed significantly for this team. Like a, 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 There was a just a switch that flipped, and this team realized, like, oh, shit, it's shit or get off the pot time for this organization, and it's time to you know ride with the, the guys that we feel are the hot hand and maybe take a different look at some positions that have been struggling at the interior of the offensive line, made the play making positions, running back position. And we saw it on full display against the Orleans Saints on Thursday night football. It was a good kind of uh, get right game for the Arizona Cardinals. Definitely nothing perfect, but one that they can kind of ride the momentum off. And with that, you know, you can probably wave goodbye to a couple guys who, you know, were in the thick of things, had some roles, got some looks, through the first six weeks of the season and now no long. I, I I don't think you can kind of foresee much more playing time, significant snaps going forward. I think the poster child for that is old AJ green. And yeah. he has seen his playing time greatly reduced, even with Bo, all the injuries at receiver. I mean, there was a, I think we were like maybe through this, at least the first half of last Thursday, he had not played a snap. And again, this is with Hopkins having minimal practices. This is with Robbie Anderson, you know, rolling right in from Carolina. And where's old number 18? He's not playing. And I think, again, if if we were getting the A.J. Green from the first half of last season, he would be playing. Remember everybody in training camp last year said, oh, look at A.J. Green. He's turning back the clock. Wait till you see it. And we did see it for like eight to ten weeks, really, until he didn't turn around and try to grab that football against the Green Bay Packers. But – now it's just like, I understand why they've moved off of him, but it seems drastic and sudden. But, I mean, it's just call spade a spade. He just he has trouble separating, mm-hmm. and you can't not separate and have questionable hands. That's a bad combination for a receiver. Yeah, I mean, you see the commercials on TV all the time. Now it's LeBron James versus Father Time. And yeah. Father Time's undefeated is Jason Momoa from Game of Thrones, Aquaman, whatever you know him best for. But A.J. Green's getting taken down by Father Time. It's official. It's over. You know, he had a little bit of a resurgence last year after a down year in his final season with, with the Bengals, 850 and three tutties. But it, it's it's over for him. And, and unfortunately, this is going to be very unceremonious. And, you know, Robbie Anderson, like – 
talk about like trying to be transparent. Like I don't, I don't think like Cliff Kingsbury just lied to our face again. Like Robbie Anderson played 12 snaps, Johnny. I mean, he played 12 snaps. That's AJ Green was on the field. Like he wasn't even on the field for the Arizona Cardinals. It wasn't just because of Robbie Anderson, Greg Dortch, Saw a big uptick in, in snaps. Thank goodness. Uh, I think I think you saw just a kind of different formation as far as different formations, different type of offense with DeAndre Hopkins being there. It was DeAndre Hopkins, it was Rondell Moore, it was Greg Dortch, it was Zach Hertz, um, and it, it was not. It was just not AJ Green. And, and you have to. You loved what you saw from DeAndre Hopkins. Now that we're kind of seeing where he played, just different different spots, different route trees, different roles. Um, and, and taking a, a back seat to all of this is A.J. Green. And I would be hard-pressed to find, you know, looking at the schedule, like I, they're not going to play matchups. They're, they're just going to ride the hot hand. And I just think that he's – I don't think they'll cut him. No. I, I think the only thing that happens here is if A.J. Green just kind of says, this isn't for me, and says, you know – but he's not going to turn down guaranteed dollars. He's not going to walk away from a contract – um, but it's like I said, it's just going to be un- unceremonious and he's just going to kind of fade into the bottom of the depth chart and not see any significant playing time going forward. It's so funny when you talk about his lack of production, it parallels what we're seeing with Julio Jones. Can't mm-hmm. stay healthy, but he can't separate with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were in that same draft class. They were separated by a couple of picks. And then of course, Patrick Peterson is sandwiched in between them. The Cardinals opponent this Sunday what does that speak to the fact of what DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins potentially is going to do to old number seven for uh, Minnesota? But <clears throat> with Green in particular, the stats aren't good this year. But then when you look at them, they are jarring. Ten receptions, 56 yards, 5.6 yards per catch. That's with a, a ton of drops. So I think the Cardinals just looked at the film. Hopefully we're respectful and we're just like, we just can't have this. Go and retire after the season. Go, you know, talk on the SEC network about Georgia. Go get your, uh, you know, your jersey retired from Cincinnati and, and good luck to you. It's a young man's league, unless you're DeAndre Hopkins and you, and you got young legs. Uh, and that's what the Cardinals are going to roll with. Um, that's a great example of a guy, you know, it was a, a signing in the offseason. A lot of people were like, meh, but it's good depth. It's not even good depth now. Like he's a liability when he plays. I look at the defensive side of the ball and the linebacking core. And the linebackers, they tried it out week one against Kansas City. And I know Zayvon Collins played, but before his injury, Nick Vigil was getting a lot of pub. And you think about he and Devon Kennard out there. And I know Nick Vigil's been hurt, and it's not fair to bang on a guy who's been out, but they play better defense since Nick Vigil got out of here. But yeah. Neiman is kind of like that third guy hanging around. But, I mean, Zayvon's fine in his stride. Isaiah Simmons... To me, like everybody called that in the offseason, like Nick Vigil, I don't want him playing meaningful snaps. Devon Kennard, they cut him, they bring him back, they cut him again. I just, it's one of those vices that Vance Joseph has where at Howard Balzer at gophnx.com has a great article about like entrusting your young defenders and, and reaping the benefits. And we've seen that with Marco Wilson and, and Isaiah Simmons this past week. Like you're not getting that from Devon Kennard. Devon Kennard had like 30 games with this team. And like three snap and three sacks, it just wasn't happening. No, it wasn't. There was there was no production. It was just a guy showing up to work, punching a time clock, and that was it. As far as his impact, it was minimal. And uh, I I do like that this team has decided to just go with the guys that are making an impact and, and kind of sink or swim with with these prospects that 
you know, they utilized draft pick, not a high draft pick for, for Marco Wilson, but they traded up to get him in the fourth round. It was somebody that they had targeted and it was somebody that, you know, uh, statistically, whatever you want to look at it, just regular statistics, next level is analytics, like struggled as mightily at the end of last season and, you know, had a strong start to camp. Uh, he's a complete just tool shed as far as what he, he brings to the table, 40, 43 and a half and for, you know, sub four, four forty, just a freak. Uh, but, you know, could he put it together? Could he harness it? And yeah, I think we saw a little bit of that. We saw him get burned, but we also also saw the pick six. And we've seen, I think, for the most part, Marco Wilson play good football this season. Like, we haven't had to talk about him because he hasn't been a liability. Right. You know, it's, it's the first time, I think, you know, it, the, when we did talk about him, sure, he gave up the big touchdown to Andy Dalton, that 57-yarder, but then – you know, that big play, you can't argue it. And you, you got to take the good with the bad with, with some of these guys. And a second-year corner, I'll take him giving up a touchdown if he's going to produce a pick six. Well, it's just like I had somebody come at me because I was touting Marco in Howard's article saying something mm-hmm. to the effect of Marco Wilson's trash. No, we have seen <laughs> trash draft picks in the Steve Kime era. With all due respect, their names are Brandon Williams, Chad Williams, and Akeem Butler. Guys who can't get on the field, who are cut. Mm-hmm. Brandon Williams makes no money, is contributing for a defense, starting for a defense at 23 years old. That's only improving. Like, it, you know, so I Marco Wilson. Marco Wilson. I, I yeah. get frustrated sometimes. It's like people either want this guy to be a pro bowler, ex player to be, you got to be a pro bowler or you're a bust. It's like the meat of your roster is typically going to be filled out with guys like Marco Wilson. And, yep. and that's when you have sustained success and longevity and you can make po- – the Cardinals for the longest time, Bruce Arians, the rosters were too top-heavy. They had stars, mm-hmm. and then there was a drop-off. You need guys like Marco Wilson to fill out the meat of your roster. They have a number-one corner in Byron Murphy. He's going to probably be paid handsomely this offseason. Marco Wilson and Antonio Hamilton, to a lesser degree, are perfect supplemental players that make no money – that understand the defense that, I mean, get burned uh, time and time again, but that happens to most defensive backs. There's no team in the NFL. We talk about it at nauseum. We, we previewed the season. How many teams have like three to four quality corners? It's just, it's not a thing. Yeah. Marco Wilson goes out and has a pick six on Thursday night football. And he's been healthy. Remember like they lost him last year. He's 22 yeah. years old. Like this is a big loss and he wasn't the same player, but I don't know. That frustrates me to no end. And it's, I'm glad that Vance in general, it's like we're going with youth for better or worse. Yeah. It, yeah. That's when you get the outside plays and the interceptions and the returns for touchdowns. You may, you know, a, a driver two may look lackadaisical. Guys may be confused, but it's one of those things where we knew what the ceiling was with the guys before them, and it wasn't great. Yeah. I, w- I want to continue this role conversation a little bit further here, uh, and, and then we'll switch kind of switch gears but also i gotta tell you about uh, the final wednesday last wednesday of the month hanging out at four peaks the entire phnx crew including the phnx cardinal show i believe myself Amy Anderson are going to be there. Johnny, he's not going to be there this this time around, but he'll be there future uh, dates at Four Peaks. Come join us. The H3 Pug in Tempe. $3 kilt lifters. Wow, wheat pints. Just mention you're here with the PHNX crew. That's going on Wednesday. If you're listening to us here Wednesday morning, come visit, come hang out for our live show later this afternoon. Also, the Yotes play their inaugural home game at Mullet Arena this Friday. Join PHNX Coyotes crew. They just came off another W, I think, last night, right? Didn't the, the Yotes yeah. win tonight? They're hot, man. This? 
They are. I, I don't know what they're doing. Aren't they supposed to be tanking for some guy named Bedard? Four no, peaks. Let's win game. <laughs> Four peaks. Your tailgate watch party for the Yotes home opener. It's free. You enter. You can enjoy $3 beer specials. You can watch on the big 20-foot jumbo screen. Register through the link in our podcast show notes here. you got to be 21 years or older and enjoy it responsibly. You know, Bo was talking about AJ Green, and I brought up his stats, and then oh, I talked about the fact that Underdog Fantasy Bo featured AJ Green the other day, and it was a gross, gross negligent display uh, that he will hopefully never make again. And um, you can be better yeah. uh, by going on to Underdog <laughs> Fantasy using that promo code PHNX. Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. Just find it in the App Store, click on the link in the show notes. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code PHNX. Get in. On the action today, Bo. Yeah, so we talked. To, we're talking some roles here, and you know, James Conner might be trending towards playing. Cliff said on Monday it's probably going to be a game time decision against again him and Rodney Hudson. They they still have that where I think he's more encouraged. Like place kicker Matt Prater likely to come back this week. You've got uh, Trayvon Mullen. Talk about having pro uh, caliber corners. I mean, you could have four by the end of the week if he can finally overcome that hamstring issue. I know that's that's kind of a, an area of frustration because of what the Cardinals, you know, traded for Mullen and, and what they've gotten back from him. I think, what, 18 defensive snaps in, in, in basically one game and then a special team game for Mullen before the injury. But this the, the offensive side, and let's talk about more guys who aren't seeing a depreciating role, but – Guys like Greg Dorch and Eno Benjamin, two yeah. two fan favorites, and, and I think people should be encouraged with the idea that you know Cliff said that on Monday he told me he said he's a guy that has earned the coaches, he's earned the players, he's earned everybody's respect, and he's pretty much you're not going to be able to take him off the field this time. Now I know somebody was probably banging him on the head with the shovel with stats and advanced analytics. Johnny, I know you had the tweet as far as the separation. He was still leading the NFL with four point four yards separation. Uh, even despite playing like not playing for two weeks. Yeah. Um, and then he finally gets in there on Thursday night football and guess what? Scores a touchdown. They have the, uh, the Simba celebration, which was legit. He's lifted up by one of his offensive linemen. Like he's baby Simba. Uh, and then, Eno you know, Benjamin is just, I, I, you just love to see, you know, Benjamin seventh round pick Arizona state product, you know, have the game that he did just what 12 carries 92 yards a touchdown he, he's a force and pass pro he's a force in catching the ball out of the backfield i mean you know benjamin is is going to make the case even when james Conner comes back to be a, a more fair work share i would have to, i'd have to assume yeah the backfield needs to be what it was last year with chase edmonds and james Conner, and i think that works to james's benefit because i think we've seen with james outside of a couple spot starts here and there and he had that nice run last year when chase went down but the best combination is James, probably 60%, 65%. You get another shift to your back that can come in and help level set, and that's, you know, Benjamin this year. Talk about a guy making no money, a seventh-round pick. Uh, you know, I, I'm going for 1,700 yards in the Pac-12. I bring it up all the time. It's like our guy Damian Anderson who went for 2,000 yards at a Northwestern went on draft. Like, what the hell are these teams doing? Like, let's get these right. guys paid. I remember – Eno had a third-round grade from Lancer line. Like, you can see it. He's an NFL-caliber starting back. Yeah. Now, can he hold up over 17 weeks? I don't know. But, like, some of those runs in the fourth quarter, I mean, that helped put the game away. And the, the Dorch factor to me, it's like, I do think there is some level of, well, it's, you know, he did it in the preseason. What's the preseason? And then you just watch him carry it over, like, seamlessly. I can't remember a French player that went from an afterthought to, yeah, he'll make the team, to, oh, yeah, he's like the MVP of the preseason, to, 
he needs to be playing all the time. <laughs> like that's yeah. ne- this never happened because we typically have to separate preseason from the real season, from the regular season. To the point where I'm just like, I don't want to see Rondell Moore over Greg Dorch. And Rondell is healthy. I until Rondell and Cliff can get on the same page and figure out how to make him a, a well-rounded receiver. Like, I don't think it's hyperbole to say, like, today, right now, I Greg Dorch is not as good of an athlete as Rondell Moore. He's not as fast as Rondell Moore. I think he's just a better NFL receiver today. And that's not a knock on Rondell, but whatever they're doing. I, I just I don't think it's working. I don't think it's working around those benefit. Yeah. And that kind of translates me into the the next one I want to bring up. And more was somebody coming into this season that was going to get Christian Kirk shares at the slot receiver. And people were thinking, could he sneak his way to a thousand yards with D Hop being out and Hollywood not know? Like, could could they lean on Rondell Moore? He has the hamstring injury. He comes back. His usage hasn't been good. You know, I, I got tipped off the other day. I sent this to Bo. It's like he he unfollowed or maybe never did the Cardinals account on Instagram, the team account. Mm-hmm. Like, could he be traded in the coming days? I think everything's on the table. And I just, I go back to the fact that little guys, little players are more susceptible to get hurt. He was hurt in college. So what's the saying? Hurting, hurting college, hurting the pros. That's a yeah. real thing. And, you know, I just, he is, to me, I am unimpressed. He's a poor man's Percy Harvin. I want him to do well. He's a great guy. You see that clip with he and J.J. Watt, and he's trying to lift him up about after dropping a pass, but I just don't see it. I don't see it, Bo. Yeah, hurts their, hurt players stay hurt. Yeah. Another cliche, and it rings true, you know, too often. And, I mean, he had two targets on, on Thursday night. One, you know, he uh, second play, I think, from scrimmage, 31-yard pass from Kyler Murray, absolute dot. And then, you know, at, after that, you're you're back banging your hang, hand on your coffee table because they're throwing to him on third down in a in a red zone situation, fade. a fade to your five seven wide receiver, uh, and you know he, he can't he can't secure the ball. I mean, and I don't I don't blame him for that. I, I think that's a just a bad bad play call. I, I don't know how that happens, but still, he's part of a frustrating play in this offense. And yeah, I, I think that now he's just going to have to make it. He's going to have to take advantage of any opportunity he gets. It's going to come down to Rondell Moore forcing the issue. But from here going on forward, like, yeah, he's probably going to see two, three, four targets. It's, it's no longer to be like six to eight targets. You know, that, that wide receiver, like that, that Christian Kirk role that you were talking about one more name. And, and this is going to be more kind of a forecast, right? And, and we saw, we saw a little bit. We, I think we saw five offensive snaps from him on Thursday. Josh Jones. What are your thoughts on Josh Jones? Uh, he played the entire preseason, uh, you know, as DJ Humphreys was dealing with one, he wasn't available at the beginning of the training camp because of his GI issue that miraculously went away because of his, after his extension. And he just didn't, you know, you know what you're going to get from DJ Humphreys. who has been almost criminally under, you know, under discussed how he solid he's been at the left tackle position all season long. But do you see, can you, do you, what do you forecast for Josh Jones the rest of the season? You think we're going to see him maybe down the stretch play more football at the tack, maybe at the tackle position. I think he, he showed up at a guard spot a couple times uh, on Thursday. I, I don't know. Do you think that I'm, I'm just trying to, comp- without having any rain in the forecast or anything, I'm just trying to play weatherman here. What do you think on Josh Jones? Let me preface this by saying fans dislike Kelvin Beecham. Um, yeah. The coaches do not. Sean Kugler loves him. He's a great guy. He's been on this podcast. And you know who else loves Kelvin Beecham? The analytics. And we're going to talk about that here in the next segment. 
Josh, to me, it's weird because we're in a position, the Cardinals, where they have three quality tackles. There was a, there were years where this team had negative tackles that they couldn't trot out a, a, a tackle or a guard worth their shit. Now they have a surplus. It's like, shit, what do we do? You just ride it out. You let Kevin <laughs> yeah. Beecham hit free agency. You probably retires, and you let Josh Jones on you know fourth year of his deal as a third late third round pick. Like I get pissy when first and second round guys aren't playing, but like shit, if there's somebody in front of them that's kicking ass and doing well in this stable, I mean, say what you want about Kelvin, he's never hurt. He, I mean, he moved from left to right when he came to the Cardinals. Pretty seamless. Um, he could be better, but I to me. This, this is not about Josh Jones. It's about Kelvin Beecham, his standing within the organization. Josh has shown more than enough to be the heir apparent next year. Now, what does that mean for a future contract? I don't know, future problems for the Cardinals, the offseason of 2024. But, I mean, he, he and Humphreys give this team such life at the position in moving into the future. And it, real quick on Humphreys, that block he made when Kyler booted out on fourth and one and a half in the red zone last week, Go rewatch that play if you haven't already. 74 had a great game against the New Orleans Saints. He is criminally underrated. So to me, it's like the Cardinals rushed the development of so many tackles in the past. Bobby Massey comes to mind. And what Bobby Massey do? He finishes his career strong with the Cardinals and he went and parlayed it in a couple contracts with the Bears. And he plays best mm-hmm. football in Chicago. Like, it's okay. We can let Josh Jones develop. He's been with Cliff Kingsbury and Sean Coogler this entire time. We saw in the preseason, he's ready to go. Now, I mean, if somebody called me in three to four days and offered me a premium defensive player and I could center a trade around Josh Jones, I would I would have the conversation. Wouldn't be my favorite thing to do, but I think he is a he's an ascending talent, and the Cardinals don't have enough of those on the offensive line. And so I'm excited about that. I'm also excited to tell you guys about the game time app. You can save up to 60% when you buy tickets last minute. So Bookman did this for, I believe. The game against the Saints had premium seats for under 200 bucks. I'm talking 50-yard line. It's great for you procrastinators out there. It's the best way to support us. You just got to click the link in the show description. Come out and ball out. Watch the Cardinals ball out against the Seahawks in a couple weeks. Get your tickets on game time. We record this podcast on Tuesdays, usually in the evening. Actually, kind of late at night. It's PHNX Cardinals after dark here. And uh, after the show, winding down, I don't have to think about, am I going to be able to fall asleep? OGs is doing something completely different that's changing the game. They just launched a brand new sleep edition gummy. It's unreal. If You you don't, you don't want to sleep on these. Of course, you've got OGs flavoring dreams now. Two to one THC to CBM. That's what these new gummies have in them. CBN is the compound that helps specifically with falling and staying asleep. The Sleep Edition Gummy, it's the aqua berry flavor, so it's delicious too. Highly recommend you check out OG's, all their all their products online, ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com. Check them out on Instagram as well. You can find their products, your local dispensary. you got to be 21 years or older, and you got to be the, just 21 or older to purchase there. So I had somebody DM me, Bo, uh, earlier this week, and I appreciate it, asking where the PFF grades were on our show in tweets, and I always give them out, you know, I have premium subscription no big deal and i i share the wealth with cardinal fans and you know you think about okay the game's been over for five games we're not gonna dive into pff grades for the saints game but we thought it would be fun to talk about season grades pro football focus for the arizona cardinals where people stand what are some surprises i've got the grades up in front of me here and bo if you had a guess right now bo doesn't have the grades uh, who's who's the and i i take total snaps into account so i'm gonna say somebody mm-hmm. who's played at least 
200 snaps for the Cardinals this year. Who is the highest graded Arizona Cardinal offensively? We'll start with offense. Wow. Um, and, and you do a good job tweeting this out at John Revenerable. So I, I do have that. Um, one, one day you're just going to have to share that PFF password with me, though, to, so I, I'm more informed. I, I would say Will Hernandez. Now, it's, it, that's not a bad guess. Um, he is 10th. Um, but wow, that, that of, is a bad guess. No, no, no. In terms of guys that have played key snaps, if I do some math, he's probably sixth or seventh. Okay. The number one rated player offensively for the Cardinals in 2022 is Eno Benjamin with a grade wow. of seven, 78.6 on almost 240 snaps. Uh, running the football, he has the best run grade on the team. Second for the Cardinals on PFF uh, offensively, Hollywood Brown. Not a surprise. Uh, 78.4 uh, has been fantastic. And then it's DJ Freeze and Kelvin Beecham back-to-back, almost identical grades. So Kyler Murray rounds out the group in the top five, just under 70, and we know he can play better. What I think is interesting, you just mentioned him. So Will Hernandez, right? He's a 65. You might think that's fine. It's average. He has not averaged anything over a 55 since his rookie season with the Giants, and uh, he has 67.9. And I know the season's long, and it could drop off, but that tell, tells me Will Hernandez has, has turned a corner. Most specifically, he's got an elite pass-blocking grade of 72. So it's the Cardinals bought low, and mm-hmm. they hedged their bet on his relationship with Sean Kugler, and he is rewarding them by playing almost 10 points higher than he has in New York each of the last three years. And, and the big knock on him was he... As far as pass blocking, he's he's a good blocker in a phone booth, which is essentially saying like he he can only block like a small, (laughs) short distance. Like if you if you get around him, he's not going to get you. And and pass blocking and to get a grade like that, that that that's better than blocking in a phone booth, in my opinion. I think that he's taken a stride as far as his pass blocking goes. So that's good. I'm, I was shocked that he's that low. He must have had a real – he had a stinker against Seattle, right? Is yeah. that where he's – yeah. So but again, you take out – I'm going to take out Daryl Williams, Keontae Ingram, uh, and I'm going to take out Josh Jones, who's got 14 snaps, but he's the third highest rated Cardinal. You take out those three, he's he's sixth or seventh on the on the offense. And so, I mean, it's it's the usual suspects. My interesting question for you, Bo, is who's who's in the bottom tier? Give me a couple guys who you think are the worst graded Cardinals offensively this year. Man, um, you didn't mention Ertz, which is kind of curious. Is is Ertz down there? Is he? he is well, he he's he's uh, his grade this year sixty two point well, eight. Pretty average. I think Sean Harlow's got to be in there, right? Yeah. Is he, is he, he, <laughs> Sean statistically is having the worst season of any Cardinal over two hundred snaps. He's got yeah. a grade of, of 42.8. Um, and I wasn't going to crap on Ertz. I was just kind of curious where, where he was. Um, and then, man, so we're, we've got most of the offensive line. We don't, is Rodney Hudson factored into that? He is middling around okay. a grade of 60. I'll tell you what's an interesting stat, not for too much stat nerd here, but so uh, Ertz has got a grade of right around 63 but he's got a pass block grade of 23.6. He, he, he's struggled to, to pass protect. You know who's got a really you high think, pass You think pass about that infamous play, Remember the infamous play from week one where they had a the corner blitz and Zach Ertz was supposed to be the guy. I wonder if he got crushed on that one. Uh, what was the question? Well, the interesting point is Trey McBride has 110 offensive snaps this year. He almost has an elite pass blocking grade of just under 80. 
Um, wow. You know, his, nice. you know, his catching statistics aren't great, and it's brought him down. Um, his grade's 43.5, but it's hard to blame the guy because he hasn't had a, a ball thrown his way. But I, right now, the, the best blocker of all the tight ends on the Cardinal roster – it's it's Trey McBride. It's not even close. Steven wow. Anderson is actually the lowest graded Cardinal with 45 snaps at 37.1. It's but he's had a, a rough season. I'm surprised he's still on the team, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But All everybody right, defense. else is like middle of the pack. You know, yeah. the offense is okay. Nothing egregious, but I mean, you know, Benjamin. It it, it it adds up. I mean, it makes sense when you look at the performance, especially the first six weeks of the season. I mean, I, th- I think that grades out to. A, a, an offense that hasn't been great. Yeah. And, a, you know, Kyler's grade, you know, is respectable passing the ball, but his run grade's higher. And that's what boosts him up a little bit. But I think mm. K1's going to have a, a big second half. Um, before we flip the script to the defensive side of the ball, I want to remind everybody right now DraftKings is dishing out some big time deals for new customers. You can make a bet. We're uh, in the middle of Suns Warriors right now. Sling five bucks on an NBA money line and uh, get $200 back if your team wins. You can also boost your winnings on DraftKings 100%. Step up same game parlays. I do it Monday. I do it Sunday. I do it Thursday. I even do it Saturday for college football. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for a detail. So defensive side of the ball, uh, not coincidentally much prettier um, than the offensive side of the ball. So Bo Brock highest graded Cardinal defensively. It's, it's tough. Cause I'm, I'm thinking either Zach Allen or Byron Murphy. I'm thinking up front or in the defensive secondary. Am I close with either one of those guesses? You got, you guessed the right man. Zach Allen is the highest okay. graded Cardinal. He's got almost 400 snaps on the year. He's got a grade of 76. But he's just even across the board. He's got a bad coverage grade, but what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> Plays defensive line. I'm going to tell you right now, Antonio Hamilton, one grade, had a hell of a game in coverage. Uh, he's yeah. got a grade of 70 on the year, but, I mean, you watched him number 33 with your eyes. Like, that's a promising, promising development for the Cardinals. Yeah. They had that one bad play against Kevin White. I'd, I'd say, you know, I, I think everybody wants that back you know, where he went 60 plus yards, but yeah, Antonio Hamilton made a game changing play against New Orleans, that pick in the end zone, you know, really changed. If the Cardinals give up a touchdown there, I mean, who knows what happens the rest of the game, but that was a huge play for him in the end zone. His first career pick at 29 years old. Uh, just, just awesome. Awesome for Antonio Hamilton. What else we got? What, what else do the grades tell us about this defense? Uh, the safeties are really good. Jalen Thompson, Buda Baker, both in the top five. Their grades aren't great. They're just, you know, 65, 68, but just, you know, tackling run defense. Uh, you know, I, I, I think this is where pro football focus sometimes misses it with the eye test. You watch Jalen Thompson. He's having, I think a pro bowl caliber year. Um, I'm going to ask you another trivia question here because it's okay. a topic of discussion. Um, Zach Allen is third on the defense in pass rush at 69.8. There is one player ahead of him. Then I'm taking snaps aside because if you take snaps, if you can include snaps uh, under 200, Cameron Thomas at 60 total snaps has the highest grade of any pass rusher on the team with 77.4. That's promising down the line. Yeah, He hasn't played enough. Who is the number one pass rusher on the Cardinal defense when given an opportunity, would you say? 
I'm, I'm just going to get, I, is it Gardak? It's Isaiah Simmons at seven. Oh, all right. I, I mean, he doesn't have a sack this year and right. his run defense is really bad at 30, but according to pro football focus, Isaiah's played 300 snaps. Thank the good Lord above the football gods. <laughs> and he's got a pass rush grade of 76. Um, you know, the defensive grades are not as I'm looking at them kind of doing a deep dive there and they're not as, as pretty as I would have thought. Byron Murphy disrespected 63. Um, you know, they get a lot of love for Ben Neiman. Uh, and I think that could go down as one of the kind of under the radar signings, Bo. I mean, he's, he's got a high tackling grade of 85. It's been solid. And I think not solid enough to take David Collins off the field, which his grades are not, you know, anything to write home about, but still solid enough in Ben Neiman where he's not a liability on the field, at least. No, he's not. And he has experience, you know, playing obviously for the chiefs for a couple seasons and, yeah, I, I think he's got one big TFL that I remember from early. I think in the Rams game, he made a big play. And yeah, he's not. He's not just. He doesn't look like he's playing underwater out there. It's it's good for the. I, I like. I'm, I've been encouraged by Neiman. He's he's fine. He's an NFL caliber linebacker. If you just take the snaps total and you go down the list of guys who maybe shouldn't be playing that are playing, I look at a guy who's played 176 snaps. He's having a tough year. That's Lecky Foto. He looks slow. Mm. Got a grade mm-hmm. of 45.2, and I think Bowen underscores their need, especially with Rashad Lawrence's availability potentially in doubt. Rashad's having a good year to 64. Watts having a good year of 64. We talked about Zach Allen. Lecky Foto is a backup that I don't think we need to see anymore. I think he kind of maybe depth-wise, maybe special teams. To me, it's like the big man out of Utah. I think he is expendable. I think I would yeah. try to get an upgrade. There's uh, There were two reports on Tuesday that Cardinals fans should absolutely be excited about. One, if, if the if the Broncos lose this Sunday, uh, was it, is it, they play in primetime again. Is it Monday night game? Monday, Monday, London. Oh, London, yeah. Yeah, sorry, they play. VR get to go to London to watch right. terrible football. They get, they get to watch him play the Jags. And if the Jags are victorious, Bradley Chubb will be on the trade market. And then also there's multiple reports that Deron Payne, yeah, that the Washington has received several calls on Deron Payne. And uh, that's those are two names that Cardinals fans should be excited about if they become available. Uh, the market hasn't been set with defensive linemen, but the Raiders traded Jonathan Hankins, you know, rotational starter, uh, 30 years old, kind of like a Brian Robinson type once upon a time, Corey Peters type, uh, run stuffer predominantly. They traded him to the Cowboys for a six-round pick. Uh, and Deron Payne, much better player, but, you know, guy from the Athletic uh, mentioned who covers the team. I don't know what his name is. Yeah, second-day pick maybe, could get it done. Uh, Cardinals Beautiful. Have, Cardinals have some of those. Um, and of course, everybody's fan base is in the comments saying, make the move, make the move, make the move. But <laughs> we'll see. Uh, and we'll be back, Bo and I, on Wednesday, Four Peaks, live with our boy, Damian Anderson. Thank you so much for listening in. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. Having fun on a victory week. See if we can't catch another dub on Sunday, Bo Brock. I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see you later. Mm-hmm.